Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. This is Tim Birch and actually today I'm on location. I'm in, uh, I guess technically we're in Farmer's Branch, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll just say I'm in Dallas. We're in Farmer's Branch. Uh, I had an opportunity to speak to the Chapter 5 of the, of the Texas Society of Professional Surveyors yesterday. And I've met an interesting lady that I think we really need to talk to. Uh, it's amazing that uh, the things that we, we come across and the people that we, 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 we find in surveying. And so when I got to start talking to Allie, it was in, her story is very, very interesting. And I think it's something that uh, will, well, you know what, let's just get talking to her and see what we've got. So I would like to introduce Allie Sparkman. Uh, we are here, like I said, in Farmer's Branch. And I, like I said, I meeting you yesterday and hearing your story uh, really fascinated me. And I think it's, it's, a, it's an interesting story. So tell us a little bit about Allie, where, where you're from, how, and really, how did you find surveying? Well, I'm from a very small town in Northeast Texas called Clarksville, Texas. It's about 30 minutes east of Paris, which is where I was born. Um, I found survey through actually my dad, who became a CAD tech and started traveling with a company out of Hawaii and started surveying military buildings all over the U.S. and uh, overseas. And I always told myself I was not going to get stuck in a small town. I was not going to get stuck in a small town. And <laughs> I didn't want that for myself. And there's, I'm not hating on anybody that stays there. That's everybody's choice. But that I wanted to get out and see the world. And I saw what he was doing. And I had an opportunity to, to apply for the job he was working with. He became project manager over a lot of the projects that were going on. So I applied, heard back within like a month, and in October of 2018, I started traveling and surveying all over the world, really. Well, and you know, in our conversation, you were telling me about, about this surveying you were doing. Get, get a little more in detail on what, what aspects that you were doing, traveling the world mm-hmm. in a different type of surveying that most surveyors are not used to hearing about. So we actually went to military bases and surveyed different buildings that they wanted surveyed or needed updated um, because they needed to have floor plans for everything. And they keep it all in file. Every building that they have on that sits on a military base is drawn in a file somewhere. I don't know where they sit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm not sure where they keep it. But we went in and collected all the data, and we also had an SCP team that came in and they would count how many people are in the building, how many civilians were there and how many military personnel were there. So we went in and did all that for 
Um, it was the Army. And then I think we did some Air Force bases, but mostly Army bases. And okay. so we would take micro station on a tablet and a distometer, and it was Bluetooth to the tablet. And so we would go in and shoot the whole entire building. If they had floor plans already um, in a DGN form, we could go in and actually pull up the DGN and take shots and see if it was still the same measurement, if something had been added, expanded, something we could add all that in. Wow. Uh, like I said, I you know, you know, a lot of surveyors do condominium surveys and 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 and, and documents like that for conveyance, whatever. But like I said, I don't think there's a lot of that that goes on in the United States yet. I know there's places around the around the world that actually license quantity surveyors and and those types of things. So, um, okay, so you did that for how long? How long were you did you were you able to do that? About a year and a half. Okay. All right. And then how did that get you back into surveying back here in uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? So they finally uh, laid off their whole entire survey department. And then uh, so we got sent home after I was there a year and a half. They had some, some people there that were there for five, six years. Um, so I came back. I actually started my first job ever was working at a bank. And I started getting into loans before I left. So when I came back, I went back to the bank for a little bit as a loan assistant and started doing a lot of deed research. And so I was familiar with deeds, familiar with all the legal stuff. And so I knew that I wanted to still do something in survey. And I knew that I did not want to stay where I was at. So I was constantly putting in job applications in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, like constantly every week, sometimes like three times a week. And so finally actually linked in uh, somebody reached out to me from here and brought me in for a job interview and it was a survey tech and they put me in the office and um, I had never really understood what land survey was I wasn't I wasn't even sure what RPLS was when I started here sure. <laughs> but I started working and I was already familiar with the deeds and then I learned about control points so I was doing all of that and I still do um, for the company. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of this random placement and I had, didn't even really know. Sure. Well, I tell you what, can you tell us a little bit about the company? I mean, they were the ones that graciously hosted us yesterday for our chapter, our TSPS chapter five meeting. So tell us a little bit about the company. Cause I tell you what, they, they really, uh, put us up in a nice conference room and, uh, really was a great host yesterday. So you know, tell us a little bit about the company itself and the, and the culture here. Honestly, I mean, it's probably one of the best companies I've ever, I mean, it is the best company I've ever worked for. I mean, they just treat all their employees with such respect and they're inclusive. And I mean, they take care they show that they appreciate the work that you do and that you work here. Um, yes, sometimes it's hard and we have long days and tough deadlines to meet. But at the end of the day, like, you know that we, we're all in it together and they appreciate what you do. And in the moment, they might not say that, but later on that they say that. Sure. I think we all have that. So, but, but yeah, the but culture here is really good. That's great. Yeah. It's uh it's Lena T Rainey uh, and associates here in, in farmer's branch and uh, shout out to Lena. Cause she was, like I said, she opened her doors to chapter five and then let, let me come in and give a presentation 
uh, yesterday to a packed house. I think we had 50 plus people here for a chapter meeting, which was to me was phenomenal. But I thought it was really, really great. But uh, he said it gave me a chance to, to meet Allie. And, uh, and I guess, you know, there's also another tie in here. And uh, one of the reasons I came down was because of uh, a longtime friendship with a, with a former boss, uh, Chris Freeman, uh, RPLS here in Texas. Uh, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Chris and how this all came about. Well, I guess I work directly for Chris because he signs all of the survey control for the whole entire company. Um, we actually just added somebody in San Antonio. But um, when I first started, it was just me and Chris and learning control and learning how to set up the sheets for TxDOT and what a control monument was. <laughs> so Chris was very helpful in explaining that and explaining what they use it for and um, like setting it up and wanting specific things. And he's someone I really can go to for advice and be able to ask a question and not feel dumb about it. But he will actually give you like a legitimate, like well-explained answer. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably in the same boat with you. He's, He's taught me a lot, and he's taught you a he lot. He did. He taught me a lot. It was a long time ago he taught me a lot, but, uh, yeah, he has taught me a lot. Um, tell us a little bit about your extracurricular education side of all of this and how it, how this, how your career is really coming together. Like with Dallas College? Yes, Dallas College, yes. So I started taking classes in July of 2021. I waited till I started here and got here like a year two years in to make sure that this is what I really wanted to do and then did research on how to get into the program. Thankfully, Chris is actually a professor over at Dallas College. Yeah, exactly. So he did help with uh, getting me set up with that and putting me in touch with the right people. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so I took my first class in the summer and then I took his class in the fall and now I'm taking two classes this semester slowly but surely getting there so I can get the SIT and eventually get the RPLS. Very nice. What classes have you taken that you've, I mean, something that really stands out to you is something you enjoy. Is there, is there been one that's been a favorite so far? Mm, well, I mean, I haven't taken too many. I do like the ones that have um, labs in them because I don't get to go out in the field a lot here. So I was able to, in the summer class that I took where I was able to actually go out and survey control points, right. not just plot them on a piece of paper in a, on a computer, but I was actually go out and survey those for class. And then I actually got to go set the control points for Chris's class in the fall with one of our field guys. And nice. then we actually got to uh, go out and survey it one day for a lab for class. So very cool. I think those two were probably my favorite so far. I think they, um, I think they have like a computer drafting class or something that you can take, which I'll probably take soon just to brighten up my skills well, exactly. on the computer. So, yeah, I mean, all of them are interesting in their own aspect, but I think I actually like the ones where it's hands-on stuff. Good, good. Well, so I think it's like any other, any college curriculum, you're going to have things that play to your strengths and things that you like and things that like, oh, okay, well, I know this is part of it. So mm -hmm. we just do that. Yeah. Um, let me back up a little bit. Let's go back to high school, teenage years, and high—you know, really high school classes. Mm -hmm. 
what was there anything in high school that that really kind of you look back now and go I enjoyed this part of you know and you talked a little bit about uh, deed research and so that's a little bit of history and uh, you know and I always talk about you know problem solving and and putting things together was there anything in high school that really stood out to you at that time or were you like like me just didn't know what the heck I wanted to do never knew what I wanted to do and all my friends knew exactly what they wanted to do and a lot of people from my high school did nursing like that was that was the thing to do um honestly when I first graduated high school and started taking classes that was going to be my major was nursing so I was on the path to that and then I switched up and I was like no I don't want to do nursing everyone's doing it um so I bounced around a lot and then finally took a break which is when I started that traveling job but in high school, I mean, I could write a paper and make an A. Like I could, I could just write a paper and it would be fine. But the one, the classes that really interested me were the computer classes. Nice. We could always take some type of computer class, computer lab class, and those always interest me because we would like make web pages or design stuff. So maybe that has an aspect of why I like this part of it. Uh, maybe that stems back from that, but. In high school, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Exactly. Well, and that's part of what, you know, that intrigued me in in meeting you and talking to you was that you weren't like a, a, a lot of high schoolers where, you know, and, and whether we want to blame the parents, we want to blame the system, we want to blame whatever, and it's got to go to college, got to go to college, got to go to college, and you've got to know what you want to do early on so you can you can just stay focused on that um i guess i that's what i like i said i took from our conversation that i appreciated that you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do you took some time to figure it out and you've had you had an opportunity to find something you really enjoy now and so you know that's that's one reason i wanted to to have this conversation just to say you know for those out there that you know you don't have it all nailed down when you're 17 18 that's okay. It is very okay. My worst fear was going to school and just doing it because everybody else was doing that and then hating it. I didn't want to waste money and go to school and get a degree and then do something I hated and just couldn't stand and dread it every day. <laughs> right. Well, and it seems like you found something that you, that you truly, truly enjoy. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you're very early in your career, and so it, you know, you have a good support system. I, you know, from my point of view, I, you know, and I, yes, I'm gonna be a little biased to Chris because of my past history with him. But can you tell us how important it is to have that that ability to have mentors around you and to help guide you through different things through the day? Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes a big difference. I think if you actually have somebody that is there to help and get advice from, I mean, I think everybody should try to find that. Even if it's not at work, maybe join like a chapter, like chapter five or any chapter of whatever you want to do, like any type of organization on whatever career you are in. But I mean, it helps have a mentor because they can put you in touch with other people that can help you. And it's just like this big network system. And it's so helpful at the end of the day, because I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at without other people. I mean, I can only do, do so much on my own, but it's really the people that are there to help you that make a big difference in it. Exactly. Well, and that's something we touched on a little bit yesterday in our the presentation that, you know, it was, it, you know, back 
back in the day when when I was early on with Chris, I mean, there was Rodman, instrument man, party chief. I mean, there was a there was a a path career path as far as surveying goes. Mm -hmm. um, and but you always had others closely knit around you. And, you know, unfortunately, now with technology, we send so many people out with, uh, you know, one man crews with GPS and robots and whatever. And there's really not that mentoring mm -hmm. learning aspect that yeah. I, I that's, guess that's what I was hoping to focus on was exactly that is we need people around us to help us. Right. We cannot get there alone. Mm -hmm. Because everybody knows somebody, even if you don't want to ask for help at some point, like, I feel like just a little help is needed to get you in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what, you know, and I have to believe the things you know and the things you've learned and the things that there's got to be something you've shared with Chris from time to time to a little bit of reverse mentoring. I mean, it's... It, Probably. Technology, exactly, yeah. exactly. Technology, I guess. <laughs> and, and so that's you know that's the the other part I think that uh, you know is a real important message that we need to make sure that you know, and and I guess I'm not going to fault my generation, the older generations of we're not willing to mentor. I just I'm I'm afraid the way our career or the profession has gone, we've we've not some people not have learned not learned how to mentor. And we've got to make sure that we we share these things because we all have something to share. Even even someone with a couple of years experience coming in, she's got something to share. She, I mean, let's let's face it. You've been around the world. You've seen. You've been places that I can only dream of. You've done a, a variation of surveying I've never done, and I I I could learn. I would learn something from you. Yeah. So it just that you know going forward like that. I think it's. You know, it's it's neat to hear you have have come into a position and uh, and really made it seem like you've made it your own. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to. I mean, you either enjoy what you you have to enjoy what you do, and I I hope everybody can do that. Not everybody gets that opportunity, but if you want it, you can definitely get it if you really work for it. Very good. All right, so let's. I guess let's get a little bit into day to day and the future. Uh, some of the things that you're doing now. What do you look forward to in learning a little bit more and working towards your SIT and your RPLS? Well, I mean, I guess since I've started here, I've done ma mainly just control control sheets over and over and over all the time. Uh, I've done deep research, which I was used to that before I came here. Um, to me, that's interesting because it is like finding a puzzle or like digging up old history. Like it's like a treasure hunt almost sometimes. But um, I think um, I want to learn more of like the right away and the boundary. Like I haven't gotten into all that. It's right. just still new to me. So like they're incorporating me in it. So I do like um, right away map sheets and I'm doing parcels. So I'm learning all of that and how that goes with everything granted we only do text dot work right now but um yeah i don't know like i just need to also get an sit study group because they have some study groups out there yes i think people that were here yesterday for that meeting were are over so i think i'm i need to get on the track to get enough study groups so i really have a better understanding of what's on those tests 
so I'm not overwhelmed because I mean I think you really have to be in a steady group or have a heads up before you can just walk in and take. Care. Well, and that's just it. It, it. it does help. I mean, just like just like high school, just like college, it's good to have people around to bounce ideas off of, and that's you know that's that's something I've noticed over the years. Um, even even when you become licensed. You don't know it all. There are times when you see, have a project, you want to bounce it off of a, of a fellow surveyor to say, look at it from your perspective and, you know, what do you think? So, well, that's good. That's good. Um, on the drafting side, I guess, you know, it's something we touched on a little bit earlier in a conversation was how everything is going 3D. I mean, you were dealing with it early on with, mm-hmm. with your, with your uh, quantity measurements and things. Where do you, I mean, how do you feel about drafting and the 3D aspect of it and really how it's progressing? I mean, it, because for years, in, you know, in, in my time, I mean, it's 2D. It's on the screen. That's all it is. And now, I mean, I, I walk through the halls here and I see all the LIDAR things mm-hmm. that you guys are doing, uh, the bridge, uh, bridge analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh is that is to me to you is that a is that a big part of where surveying is going is the 3d aspect yeah i mean every everything all technology is just advancing every single day um i don't do a lot of the 3d work here um when i was doing live art the other job we were actually taking the 3d image and compressing it down to a 2d image so we could get it into a dg (laughs) so it wasn't 3d but yeah i think that's where the technology is going because they're coming out with all kind of LIDAR technologies all the time. So I really think that that's the direction we're headed in, but it's also kind of cool to watch how it's advanced so much because it's advanced way further than from when I started working in it. And that was only a few years ago. So yeah, I think it's definitely going to the 3D and the LIDAR because it's so much easier to capture all that data. I mean, it's just, so many points in just a few seconds that you're just pulling in. So it's, it's more efficient. Sure. Well, good. All right. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here. And I want to kind of get back to, you know, our chapter meeting yesterday, chapter presentation. And there, you know, let's be honest, there's 50 plus people in here and there were a handful of women. Mm-hmm. Are we changing that dynamic? Are you starting to feel like you're part of a change and part of some, uh, you know, a, a progression of non-traditional people getting into this into this profession? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, we have probably sometimes it's just two of us that are there at the meeting. Sometimes there's three or four. It just depends on who shows up. But I think more and more people are starting to. Come in. I think it depends on chapter and just who's all in right. in the chapter. Um, but I think more women are starting to come into this. People are like, "Oh, we can do this too. It's not just a man's world." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, then the other aspect of it is the generational aspect, and you know, because one thing I do hear from from the younger generation is getting away from the traditional chapter meetings and getting nothing done and talking about the same thing, meeting after meeting after meeting and, and finding different ways to communicate and really advance the profession. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I'm I'm guessing you're probably somewhere in the millennial Gen Z right on that line somewhere that yeah. it, so can we do can we do that can can the profession move forward um you know I, I said I don't want to get away from I mean like I said yesterday's chapter meeting was a great thing but uh not enough young people are interested in coming in and sitting and listening to the same same topics from the same old guys time and time again that we need to liven things up and we need to really make sure that the, the, the profession progresses. Yeah. I mean, I also think it's just about getting the word out there as well. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't know about it unless you're like a part of Dallas college or work um, at a company that somebody is in one of the chapters or you hear it from someone else. And I think that's why social media is a very big help for my generation is because we're on our phones all day long right. for something. I mean, that's just how it is now. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, I mean, even Twitter, getting the word out there that, Hey, you are welcome to come to these meetings. You are welcome to be in this line of work. It's not just for certain people. Like we're open to everyone. And I think that's the word that we need to get out there because there's not a lot of women that work in this industry. I mean, till just two weeks ago, I was the only woman here for two years in the survey department. And I'm, I'm used to it, but it is nice to have another female here. Right. Well, and that's one thing I will, I, I have to give a little bit of a shout out to the Texas young surveyors that it seems like they're cultivating more and more women mm -hmm. in, in their group. And it's that, that has been, been a great group, a very active group. And, and that's one thing that I, I do appreciate in being engaged with some of the, the young surveyors groups from around the country. Their meetings aren't traditional and talk about the same things. It's uh, it's going bowling. It's it's axe throwing. It's it's the social things. It's camping trips. It's various things. They really make it more personal and social than, you know, yes, we need to talk about business. Yes, we need to talk about promoting the profession. But. Uh, there's a lot, seems like there's a lot more camaraderie yeah. at the young surveyor level mm -hmm. than a chapter. Right. And so, I mean, do you think that can help save the profession? I think so. I mean, I don't think it's dying. I mean, we are, it is not a popular profession. Like everybody wants to do nursing or that. You don't hear like someone come up and say, oh, well, they're doing, I want to do survey. And you're just kind of like, huh. Cause you never really hear that. I mean, I never really heard it. And, mm -hmm. I mean, really the only way I knew what it was or really came to understand what it was was through my dad. And so I feel like, I feel like as we get these younger people up into the industries that we have, I feel like it's not going to die. They'll make it popular. They'll, they'll blow it up. <laughs> exactly. Well, good. They'll make it the next big thing. Oh, good. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate uh, Lena letting us have the conference room for yesterday. A little bit of time, uh, take time out of your busy day today because, um, like I said, just walking the halls and, and, and talking to everybody here, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's great. We're coming out of the pandemic. Yes, it's great. We're Everyone's busy, which is a great thing. Um, so we, we appreciate Lena letting us have some time here. Ali, I appreciate you sitting down with us and, you know, because bottom line is that, you know, it, it's people like you that that I have to pause and think, you know what, 
we are going to be okay. This profession is going to be okay because there's a lot, there's a lot of opportunity out there, and, and you're you're proving that. Oh yeah, I mean, there's so much opportunity out there that I'm not, I'm sure I'm not even aware of. So I mean, if it's something somebody wants to do, just get in touch with somebody that knows about survey. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> or take some courses at Dallas College. <laughs> well, yeah, another shout out to to Mr. Freeman and uh, and and the program over there. That's uh, that's that's. It, it's really good that that there are programs like that that are um, really start you know really starting to come into their own because you know, like we said earlier it's not just this push on four year degrees it there are opportunities at the two year level to really give somebody an opportunity for a fantastic career and you've got a great bright future ahead of you I can't wait to see how it plays out and I do know that they're they're trying to incorporate programs in high school now for students. So yes. hopefully that will also help progress some of the movement into survey. Yeah, that's awesome. Starting it in high school. That's awesome. Well, like I said, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. I know you've got plenty of things to do and uh we'll uh but well that'll do it. That'll wrap it up for this week. Um we do have a, a bunch of interesting topics coming up in the next few weeks. So Stick around, stay tuned, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.